0: Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space, add Buzzsprout, and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, And help support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of Barefooting with Sierra. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed painter and graphic design student Jessica Selm. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I took a day off from writing because I'm still in recovery mode. The joys of being sick. At least I got some good naps in. In novel news today, The Executioner and Her Way of Life by Mato Sato and Nilitsu will have a TV spinoff soon. The light novel was also known as Virgin Road at its English publisher, Yen Press. Warner Brothers Japan announced that they are turning the light novels into an anime series. So far, they have cast Iori Saeki and Moeka Kishimoto for voice roles. The fifth novel in the series comes out February 10th. In an interview with The Mirror, Ricky Gervais said he only writes for about eight minutes a day. He recently completed writing a script for a third season of Netflix's series Afterlife about a journalist struggling to cope with the death of his wife. I look at it like this, he said. If I am writing a script and I have got six months to write, I only have to come up with a couple of minutes a day. That couple of minutes on screen is an afternoon's filming. He says this approach helps him be more relaxed about his work. I developed a policy like this for myself, which is how I came up with my 500 words per day goal. I came up with that after seeing that John Grisham writes 1,000 words per day, and decided that if I could be even half as prolific as John Grisham is, I would be happy. Now, on to comics. No new comic today, as I spent the day resting. Today is the last day to get in your vote for Marvel's X Men poll. Help decide who will be the final member of the new X-Men team. Get your vote in before midnight Eastern time at marvel.com slash X-Men vote. Now for today's interview. Hi, Jessica, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do.
1: Uh, I am from, well, I'm originally from Erlanger, Kentucky, which is right under Cincinnati, But right now I'm living in Louisville, Kentucky and attending the University of Louisville. Uh, I'm going for a degree in graphic design. And I also, I'm on the University of Louisville equestrian team, so I ride horses. And that and art are my two main hobbies. What else? Is there anything else you'd like to know? I have a really cute dog. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, you. so you you do a lot of art on your, your Instagram, Paints in Louise-y. Um You've got some horses and some dogs on there. Uh, is that the dog, your dog, the one that you've been painting? Or is that other dogs that you've got on there?
1: Uh, it was my dog. She unfortunately passed away uh, from old age. And the other dog was mine, but she was, like, mine and my ex's. And then I have a third dog. I haven't painted yet. Awesome. But, like, we had both those dogs, and, like, when we broke up, he took that dog. Oh. Yeah. I painted yeah. her while I still had her, but...
0: Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sucks. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, So... You're studying graphic design how did you choose to go to University of Louisville and study graphic design
1: uh, when I was in high school they told us you know if you can go away for college then you should because it's a great experience and I chose Louisville because it's relatively close to home so like I still get to be away and do my own thing and like learn all the new things of being with a new city but at the same time I'm still close enough that I can see my family whenever I want. It. And uh, they have a great art program. I love love my classes, love my professors. They have lots of opportunities here. Like it being a major city, um there's tons of internship opportunities and art galleries that you can go to and like get your name out there. That's crazy. So I think it's a I think it's a great city to come to for art and i just chose graphic design because honestly there's a lot of money in graphic design yeah and so i i just thought it'd be the best degree to get a well-paying job
0: for sure yeah and still, creative can more. And still get to do income yeah so you've got an instagram for your paintings how do you come up with ideas for what you're going to paint
1: um my process is kind of it's kind of all over the place, honestly. Most of my ideas come to me while I'm at work because I work third shift, and I'll just be at work and I'm like, wow, like this just seems like something I like a really good idea or like a picture of the top of my head, and I'm like, oh, I want to paint this, but then I have to wait like a couple hours so I can get home, and then I'll write it down or sketch out a quick thing, and then I'll get started on it or, um. Someone will be like, oh, hey, I have this idea for a painting, and I would like you to do it for me because you're the only artist I know. And, like, that's the current painting with all the horses on it that I'm working on now is from my mother, who is obsessed with cowboys, asking me to paint it for her.
0: That's awesome. My mom's really into cowboys and Western stuff, too. We grew up, like, she's a farm girl, so... Yeah, that's, that's her thing. So you, you mentioned you, you work third shift. What kind of work are you doing?
1: I work at UPS, so I mainly just load boxes all night.
0: Nice. I'm a big fan of UPS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what inspired you to become an artist?
1: Uh, ever since I was a little kid, I was just like, I want to be an artist. I have, I don't know how it really started. I'm an only child. So growing up, I pretty much entertained myself. I didn't have brothers or sisters to play with. So I spent most of my day like coloring and coloring books and doing like crafty things. And my mom, she, she's sort of an artist too. So she would always help me. And like, she showed me how to color and like how to color inside the lines and everything. And I would always copy her little doodles and just every little, what do you want to be when you grow up saying that we did when I was a child was I want to be an artist. And then um, in high school, I actually stopped wanting to be an artist just because they told us like, you know, you want a stable job or a stable career. And then I kind of got around that and I wanted to be an art teacher so that I still had a stable job but I could also be an artist but then I was like no nah, I'm just gonna go to art school <laughs> and now it's graphic design
0: good for you for sticking with it how long have you been painting
1: to six. um it's hard to say I've been painting since I was in at least middle school And I'm
0: almost 21 now. So for a while then. And so now you're shifting to graphic design. What's your favorite class that you've taken so far?
1: Uh, It actually has nothing to do with graphic design. It was bookmaking.
0: And can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was just we learned how to hand stitch uh, books Oh wow! And we learned how to um, make hardback books and like the different stitch styles and how to make fabric books and leather books. And it was just, I really like doing things that are out of the box. And like, I guess you could say also mixed media, just like, I can't describe it. It was just fun to learn something new and like working with my hands like that.
0: That sounds like it was a lot of fun.
1: It was, I definitely recommend learning how to do bookmaking just so you can make yourself a little journal or something. Cause it's so cool when you're done, just like, wow, I made this and it's like an actual book.
0: Yeah, I did. I I took a bookmaking class once and yeah, it's the finished product. It's so cool. It's like, yeah, like I made this little book. It's whoa. (laughs)
1: Especially when it's usable.
0: Cause it's like, oh my gosh, like
1: I actually made something I can use.
0: Yeah, it's it's real fun. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you're an equestrian and that you're from Kentucky. Uh, we all know about the Kentucky Derby. Do you think growing up in Kentucky influenced being an equestrian, or like did it have anything to do with your mom really liking like cowboys and horses? Or can you oh, talk a was bit about that?
1: Definitely, definitely my mother, for sure. Because there's just cowboys and horse statues, horse like. If it involves John Wayne, a cowboy or a horse, it is hanging up in my mother's house. (laughs) And so I grew up like wanting to be a cowgirl. And funnily enough, she never let me learn how to ride a horse. And I didn't start riding until after I went to college and got to do it on my own. Really? Wow. Hmm.
0: You would think that would be something she'd be all, all for since she likes horses so much.
1: She, uh, well, it was also a money thing. Cause it is pretty expensive
0: for sure. Yeah. Riding lessons are pricey. Yeah. So did you take that as a course at the school?
1: Uh, it's like, a like a club sport is where I got it through. Oh. Okay. So like we're, Really, an official University Louisville team, but we're not through the college. Okay, like like an
0: intramural club or something. Yeah, got it. Yeah, okay. And so you're you're working, you're on a club, you're studying graphic design. Sounds like you've got things pretty figured out. What advice do you have for people who want to do what you do and pursue a career in the arts?
1: I think they should definitely do it. There's, it can be intimidating because, you know, there's that whole stigma, like, you know, artists are broke and have no money. And like, it's hard to like establish a good like, an environment for yourself to where you can be successful. But once you get to art school, it's, it's an amazing experience. You learn so many new things. And like, there's, things that I wouldn't, wouldn't even remotely know or know how to do if I hadn't come to art school. And as long as you put yourself out there and you like make yourself known, even if you just wanna be a freelance artist, I feel like you can be very successful and you can be, you can be more successful in art than people let you assume. great advice. That's the advice I would give is that like even if you like are doubting yourself I still think you should at least try it
0: definitely and what's the best advice that you have ever received
1: uh, it would be that if you want to do it do it because if you if you want to do it and you don't you're just gonna end up regretting it
0: so true well, thank and you. It's so- better to. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead.
1: I was going to say it's better to do it and then find out you don't like it and then just move on, or to never do it and then always have that "what if."
0: Yeah, because if you if you never tried, then you don't know what could have happened. But if you tried, even if you failed at it, at least you tried. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. That's that's good advice. Whoever told you that was. They knew what they were talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So where do you see yourself going from here with your career once you finish school? I'm
1: hoping this sounds kind of dumb, but I'm just hoping to get a very decent, well-paying job (laughs) so that I can use my salary (laughs) to buy
0: horses. Yeah, that doesn't sound dumb to me at all if that's what makes you happy then that's what makes you happy.
1: That's my goal right now is to make enough money to buy a horse
0: That sounds awesome. I bet your mom would love that too.
1: My mother would love a grandchild
0: but <laughs> oh mothers
1: <laughs> pretty much
0: <laughs> Is she gonna have to wait a while for that? oh yes for sure (laughs) some years hopefully she's not pestering you too much
1: no just little side comments here and there
0: oh goodness
1: (laughs) he's uh been buying baby stuff with the oh i'm just saving it
0: oh goodness (laughs) oh goodness what would we do without moms (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. It has been a pleasure, and I wish you the best of luck in your career. Thank you for having me. It was nice talking to you. Thank you, and and take care. You too. Bye. You can find Jessica on Instagram at Louisi. That is P-A-I-N-T-S-A-N-D-L-O-U-I-S-E-E. All right, next up is journalism. I'm at the point in my true crime book where I'm waiting on court transcripts before I can go any further with writing, and because of COVID, who knows how long that will be. In current events, Sol Aeromed, a Calgary company, has developed a medication to help COVID patients potentially avoid needing a ventilator. They've been researching and working on the drug, which they initially were developing as a treatment for asthma and cystic fibrosis for nearly a decade, but the pandemic sped up their research. It works by lubricating and quickly reopening a patient's airways. The company was having difficulty finding a large number of patients to participate in a clinical study of their drug when the pandemic started, giving them an unanticipated opportunity to prove how well their new drug works. Trials are scheduled to start in Calgary and Lethbridge, Alberta in a few weeks. Even with vaccines, there's still going to be a few cases of COVID after we get everybody vaccinated, so having something that can treat it is just one more light at the end of this dark tunnel we're all in. I hope it works as well as the development team anticipates. While seniors living in long-term care facilities are having the COVID vaccine brought to them, seniors living outside of these facilities are having a harder time accessing the vaccine, even with mass vaccination sites now open. There's no way we can go out and get the shot, Matthew Hines, a 78-year-old resident of St. Petersburg, Florida, told Tampa Bay Times of himself and his wife Betty, 74. I don't want to get exposed because I'm very, very susceptible to getting the disease. Both Matthew and Betty have reached out to their doctors, but none of them are offering the shot directly. Jeff Johnson, Florida director for the American Association of Retired Persons, told Tampa Bay Times, The approach that we're taking right now as a state is really leaving out a significant part of the 65-plus population. There are people, because of their vulnerability and because of disabilities, who can't or shouldn't be making their way to a mass vaccination site in order to get the shot. Due to the refrigeration requirements of the vaccine, Bringing vaccines to homebound seniors is difficult, and while there are agencies dedicated to bringing homebound seniors to the vaccine sites, it's slow going so they can observe social distancing, and every interaction puts them at risk for COVID exposures. So they really do need to figure out a way to bring vaccines to seniors in their residences or start having doctors offer them. Every day in February, I'm going to highlight one influential Black History figure. Today's Black History Month highlight is Alice Coachman. Alice Coachman was a track and field athlete, She was the first black woman to win an Olympic gold medal, not just for the United States, but in the world. Coachman was born on the 9th of November, 1923, in Albany, Georgia. Growing up in the segregated South, she was denied access to training facilities and not able to compete in organized sports. She trained on her own, running barefoot through fields and on dirt roads, and practicing the high jump on old, discarded equipment. Madison High School's boys track coach noticed her talent and started training her while she attended there. At 16 years old, she broke the high school and college record for the high jump, barefoot, in the Amateur Athlete Union's National Track and Field Championship. The Tuskegee Institute offered her a scholarship in 1939, then she began attending Albany State College in 1946. At Albany State, she was the national champion in the 50 and 100 meter sprints, 400 meter relay, and high jump. Due due to World War II, the Olympic Games of 1940 and 1944 were cancelled, so it wasn't until 1948 that she was finally able to compete on the world stage at the London Olympics. Despite a back injury, she set a record in the high jump of 5 feet 6 and 1 8 inches. King George VI, Queen Elizabeth II's father, awarded her her gold medal. After the Olympics, she returned to Albany State to finish her degree. In 1952, Coca-Cola offered her a spokesperson position, making her the first African-American to earn an an endorsement from them. Later in life, she established the Alice Coachman Track and Field Foundation to support young athletes and retired Olympians. At the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, she was honored as one of the 100 greatest Olympians of all time. She has been inducted into nine different sports halls of fame, including the National Track and Field Hall of Fame and the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame. Alice Coachman died in Georgia at the age of 90 on the 14th of July, 2014. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. I'm in quarantine through February 7th due to having COVID symptoms and needing to get tested. Even though my test came out negative, they take that quarantine seriously here, gotta flatten that curve and all. My barefoot adventures today consisted of taking the trash out. At least it was warm enough to do that, right? Let's jump into the barefoot news. Former Australian Idol star Paulini Kurue-Navalli was photographed barefoot, leaving the set cafe in Evely, New South Wales. She'd been at a party with other cast members of the show I'm a Celebrity, celebrating their live finale. Microbiologists have finally answered the question as to why sweaty feet can smell like stinky cheese. It all has to do with a bacteria called Brevibacterium linens. These are harmless bacteria that live all over our skin and eat dead skin cells. Normally they don't cause odor, but when we wear shoes, our feet end up warm and sweaty. Sweat contains salt, which these bacteria particularly love, so more of them show up to eat the sweaty dead foot skin. As with anything that eats something, there's going to be a waste product, and the more waste product there is, the more it's going to smell. When people make cheese, some of the brevibacterium on their skin ends up on the cheese. The bacteria will then start eating the cheese, forming a rind on it, and creating the same waste that they do when eating the dead foot skin. Hence, stinky feet and stinky cheese having the same smell. That's all for today's show. I'll be back tomorrow with another interview, this time with my longtime friend John Brennan. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as Sierra the Barefoot Girl, on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon, and my comics are available on Instagram at World of Possums, or Patreon.com slash Pete. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.